0: And caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Honest. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart And close your eyes unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in. As you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go. And let your past go. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Between a global pandemic since 2020 and economic recession, then inflation, and widespread civil unrest, war in Europe, floods and wildfire, our collective ability to endure and bounce back has been tested, unlike anything most of us have ever seen before. Therefore, it's no surprise, recent times in the psychology world, we have seen a shift in interest from a focus upon the deficits of individuals to a focus upon individuals' strengths. And that leads to today's topic, resilience. Actually, resilience is a positive psychology construct that has been investigated for decades prior to this paradigm shift. Now, mind you, my audience, there is no single agreed definition of resilience. However, resilience is commonly described as the ability to bounce back. Well, to be honest, if I can put resiliency in a nutshell, I would say that resiliency is the ability to bounce back from stress, and resiliency centers around two main concepts, and that is facing adversity and adapting effectively. So my audience, I'm sure you all agree with me that life does not come with a map. But life definitely will throw us curveballs. So in other words, everyone will experience twists and turns from everyday challenges to traumatic events with more lasting impact. Like the death of a loved one during the pandemic, a life-altering accident, or a serious illness. Of course, each change affects people differently bringing a unique flood of thoughts, strong emotions, and uncertainty. Nevertheless, people generally adapt well over time to life-changing situations and stressful conditions. Well, in part, thanks to resilience. Now, most psychologists define resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversities, trauma, tragedy, Threats or significant sources of stress, such as family and relationship problems, serious health issues, or workplace and financial stressors. As I mentioned earlier, resilience involves quote-unquote bouncing back from these difficult experiences and challenges. I must emphasize another element of resilience – is the involvement of profound personal growth. Hence the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's a fact. I cannot think of a better example than the story of Malala. Yes, I'm referring to the Pakistani activist Malala Yousafzai. As a young girl, Malala Yousafzai defied the Taliban in Pakistan and demanded that girls be allowed to receive an education. She was shot in the head by a Taliban gunman in 2012 but survived. It's a miracle. In 2014, she became the youngest person to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. This young Nobel Peace Prize winner, Malala, she grew up in Northwest Pakistan. In 2007, the Taliban, for the benefit of those who do not know what Taliban is, they are an extremist Islamic group. They effectively took control of the region uh, where Malala was, banning dancing, music stores, and parties, and preventing women from seeking an education. They also destroyed more than 400 schools in the process. Meanwhile, Malala, whose parents operate a chain of schools in the area, specifically for girls, was speaking out for girls' equal access to education. When she was just 11 years old, she wrote an anonymous blog for the BBC about her experience under the Taliban rule, focusing on the struggles in the education system, particularly for girls. She eventually went public with her beliefs and became a de facto representative for equal rights in the region. Then, in 2009, the Pakistani military took control of the Swat Valley. Unfortunately, dangers remained for the residents. And then, in October 2012, Malala was shot in the head three times and was nearly killed by a Taliban gunman in an attempt to stop her from disseminating her beliefs. As I mentioned earlier, the Taliban did not succeed because she survived. Now, she has not just survived. Malala went on to become the youngest Nobel laureate in history, and she continues to this day speaking around the world and spreading her belief in education for all, both girls and boys. I'm sure by now you all agree with me that she is indeed an inspirational young lady. In one of the interviews, Malala said, and I quote, I'm never going to give up, unquote. She said when asked about repeated death threats made against her by the Taliban, here is what she said, and I quote, They only shot a body, but they cannot shoot my dreams, unquote. Speaking of overcoming adversities and bouncing back, right? So how did she do it? How did she bounce back from this huge trauma? She did not just survive, she thrived. So let's explore further some of her strong characteristics define who she is today and how she overcame adversity. Apparently, Malala is best known for her perseverance. When her dad is doubting that they will continue with their campaign on education and she wants to continue despite the Taliban threatening her and her family, this is what she said to her father. And I quote, You are the one who said if we believe in something greater than our lives, then our voices will only multiply even if we are dead. We can't disown our campaign, unquote. One of Malala's other qualities is strength. Since she was a little kid, she has been the strongest girl in the schoolyard. Her strength is what got her to where she is now and how she keeps going throughout the hard times. From being threatened by the Taliban and to even being shot in the head three times, she said, I quote, I had been put into an induced coma. My vital signs were deteriorating. My face and body were swollen, and my kidneys and lungs failing. Unquote. So could you imagine my audience? By her saying this, it just shows that through all this pain that she is suffering, she is strong and does not let the pain overcome her. She has lived through all of it, and yet she still thrives to better things. It is obvious to me another unique quality that results in Malala being resilient is being courageous. Her courage results in good things not just for her, but for all of her people. When her schools all got blown up, she kept on fighting. When she got shot in the head and did not think she was going to survive, she kept on fighting. In her own book, she asked herself, and I quote, Why don't you go there and fight for women's rights? unquote. Malala Yousafzai has indeed become a beacon of hope and promise, as well as the epitome of what I would like to call, quote unquote, street resilience. I would say this type of resilience involves taking the pain of disrespect, discrimination and regret and using it as a fuel to propel us forward. Like Malala, someone with street resilience is a fighter, an archetype of a warrior. They know it's up to them to channel their pain and use it as positive energy. So my audience... Street resilience is channeling your emotions, guiding them, directing them and using them for a productive purpose, instead of letting your emotions use you and being a victim, and that is exactly what Malala did. She used the energy and emotion that followed her attack to good works. She did not isolate herself or retract into the shadows. Malala was quick to recognize that she is not alone in this fight. She acknowledges that others like her have been hurt and continue to push forward. As a matter of fact, in one powerful statement, she said, and I quote, They thought that the bullets would silence us, but they failed. Out of the silence came thousands of voices, The terrorists thought they would change my aims and stop my ambitions. But nothing changed in my life except this. Weakness, fear, and hopelessness died. Strength, fervor, and courage were born. So my audience, based on Malala's beliefs and some of her strong characteristics that define who she is today and how she overcame adversity, Let me sum up three ways for all of us to increase resilience. Number one, appreciate the gift of a fresh start. Her new way now is to have strength, fervor, and courage. Now, when it comes to courage, please learn from Nelson Mandela. He taught us that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. That is, to feel the fear and do it anyways. Second way to increase resilience is to choose an empowering perspective. Now, this quote that I am about to share with you from Malala speaks volume. I do not even hate the Taliban who shot me. Even if there was a gun in my hand and he was standing in front of me, I would not shoot him. This is the compassion I have learned from Muhammad, the Prophet of Mercy, Jesus Christ, and Lord Buddha. This the legacy of change I have inherited from Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and Muhammad Ali. This is the philosophy of nonviolence that I have learned from Gandhi, Bachchan and Mother Teresa. And this is the forgiveness that I have learned from my father and from my mother, This is what my soul is telling me. Be peaceful and love everyone. Now, if that perspective of hers is not empowering, I don't know what is. Okay, the third way to increase resilience is to reconnect to our purpose, cause, and vision. Well, Malala's vision is clear. It's education for all children, Her cause is women's rights, human rights, and continue to fight for those rights is her purpose. So my audience, if you want to increase your resilience, practice to appreciate the gift of a fresh start, to choose an empowering perspective, and to reconnect to your purpose, cause, and vision. Because street resilience allows you to be in control of your life, it gives you power over your emotions and helps you channel pain and sadness in a positive direction. After all, my audience, we all have the power to be resilient. We just need to be committed to practicing and working at it every single day. Now, earlier on, I mentioned resiliency centers around two main concepts. I take it back. There are three. One is facing adversity, and two is adapting effectively. And i like to add the third one, personal growth, because I see resilience as a process towards post-traumatic growth. Oftentimes in my practice, I see clients who recover from a trauma quicker than others can change the lens through which they view the world, their future, and themselves, particularly now. Many people are traumatized because of natural disasters and everything they have gone through with the pandemic, not to mention the war in Ukraine. So having a lens where you understand what you feel and believe about the situation will definitely make an enormous difference on your outlook about a traumatic situation. So post-traumatic growth often happens when you focus and practice on the following. First of all, it will be helpful to identify what you tell yourself about a traumatic event. People often think traumas won't happen to them. And before 2019, many people in Australia thought a pandemic was something that happened overseas. So with the recent floods, many people would have been thinking, how did that happen? Or why did it happen to me? Actually, this is really not a helpful question. Oftentimes, our beliefs about an event can conflict with what's happened our assumptions are challenged. And when that happens, it can make us feel anxious. So as we move forward through any crisis, it's important to recognize the positive impacts and not to just focus on the negative impacts. Next is to build your connections. Prioritize relationships When experiencing traumatic events, connecting with empathetic and understanding people can remind you that you are not alone in the midst of difficulties. Focus on finding trustworthy and compassionate individuals who validate your feelings, which will support the skill of resilience. In fact, that is exactly what a professional will provide you. And now I would like to end this episode by giving you the key to the third concept of resilience, and that is personal growth, by having a growth mindset. Evidence has shown that people with growth mindset thrive on challenge and seize failure not as evidence of unintelligence, but as an opportunity for growth and for stretching our existing abilities. They believe that skills can be built rather you are born with. Consequently, they also view failure as feedbacks and setbacks as a learning opportunity. My audience, you must understand, growth mindset embraces the flexibility of mind and abilities which is aligned to the concept of resilience being a dynamic process. So growth mindset is a powerful resilience strategy. Having a growth mindset enables you to view stressful situations and challenges as less threatening but rather as an opportunity. Instead of avoiding the situation, you seek the opportunity to test yourself, your skills, knowledge, and strategies, and learn in order to reach your full potential. In essence, people with a growth mindset view and treat setbacks, negative feedback, and failures as an opportunity to learn and grow. They actively reflect and use the lesson learned to develop new skills and strategies to overcome adversity, solve problems, and move on. So my dear audience, I sincerely hope that this episode has given your resiliency a boost and that you will utilize it to really reach out and share this with your partner, co-workers, schoolmates, team, friends and families to boost their resiliency as well. Thank you for listening. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to build your resilience. you can find this podcast to be honest on apple podcast spotify and my website www.drbarbaraqiao.com d r b a r b a r a k i a o.com